Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Okay, so a mother, cookbook author, registered nurse, and an eating disorder survivor, Katie Farrell develops delicious, simple, healthy recipes and shares practical tools, daily motivation, and workouts that help her readers create a plan to stay on track and live a healthy life, mind, body, and soul. She is a founder of Dashing Dish, a monthly subscription service that provides meal planning tools, hundreds of healthy recipes, and step-by-step workouts to help you live a healthy lifestyle. It sounds like like every bombshell could totally be interested in this. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, Katie. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amber. I'm so excited. So you've got a lot going on, girl. I mean, this is a lot. Tell us a little bit before we even get into the nitty gritty, what birthed this business idea? Well, you know, I never really even intended or thought it would become a business in the very beginning. As you mentioned, I'm a registered nurse. So I was working as a labor and delivery nurse. And I thought, well, you know, I keep bringing in all my healthy versions of recipes to the break room and everyone keeps asking for my recipes. So my husband, who's a graphic designer, said, hey, let's share these recipes online. And it's funny because it was about 10 years ago before food blogs even were a thing. Yeah. And so I was like, why would I share them online? Who would even look at the, you know, these recipes? And so I shared just a few, probably a handful, you know, just shared the website with my nursing friends. This was even really before Facebook was really um, a big platform. And so I just thought it was going to be this little side hobby that I did while I was doing my nursing career. Shortly after I started to also share some blog posts on my history with eating disorders and how I really broke free from that and got into a healthy place with food and with my body. And as I did that, people really started to connect with me and it started to grow bigger than I ever imagined. And about two years in, I actually was able to quit my full-time nursing job and started to pursue Dashing Dish as a business full-time. Wow, that is crazy. And also a beautiful example of how if you just start connecting with people and helping them solve their problems, being genuinely authentic and having a heart of service, that's unstoppable. So kudos to you. Amazing. Let's talk about this being happy with our bodies and being okay with food and not constantly being on a different diet or analyzing this or analyzing that. Um, What's your first piece of advice to start moving into a healthier style of eating without becoming obsessive over it? Well, this is something that I'm very passionate about and it's a huge part of what I share and my heart behind Dashing Dish because I think we can all see just by, um, you know, one, just with a few clicks, into social media or Pinterest or what have you, that diets are very common. They're all over the place. And usually what I find so interesting about diets and things that preach about losing weight is that there's always, they're always changing. They're never even something that is, is kind of clicking with one another. Everything is always preaching something different. And so 
what I really encourage women, especially to do at Dashing Dish is to say, okay, let's start to look at food in our bodies in a whole different way. And let's start to look from a perspective and point of view of let's take care of our bodies because we respect them, because we honor them. And let's really love our bodies and do it from a place of love rather than this place of disgust or hate, or if I only lost the last five pounds, you know, that type of thing. And I really can relate to this, not only from my journey from uh, coming out of eating disorders, but also after having my daughter, I have a 18 month old. And when I first had my first baby, I thought to myself, I'm going to be one of those women that just drops the weight immediately and be right back to myself. You know, and I just, I had this goal, this this plan in mind. And I, even though I know better, was definitely more prone to step on the scale in that season of my life and really check, you know, am I, am I getting where I want to be based on the scale? And it didn't last about two weeks before I started to have just almost a downward spiral in my emotions as I saw that the weight was kind of just staying no matter how hard I tried. And I realized, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I can see how this, this is such a a negative, this is impacting my journey so negatively to step on the scale because I just got discouraged and that's really all it did. So I ditched the scale. I went back to what I preach and practicing what I preach. And I went back to really saying, how do I feel on the inside? And am I being healthy and choosing this because of health and, and from a place of love. And so um, as I did that, I, I really stopped caring about the last five pounds or how my clothes fit or any of that. And I really focused in on what my body could do, which was feed my baby. I was running a household. I was being a wife. I had energy to last me through my day. You know, I looked at the things that my body was doing for me. And then that shifted and changed everything. I was not only encouraged, but I also made better choices because I was coming from a place of love. And so that's what I really try to to share with other women and encourage through not only my story, my journey, but just from what I've seen over the years, how we can get into the wrong mindset so easily. And it really is very discouraging and causes a downward spiral. So I try to encourage, you know, non-scale victories in every way possible. About three years ago, I decided that I wanted to know what my body fat was because I am a naturally muscular woman and it's actually very hard for women to put muscle on quickly, scientifically, but I am, of course, in that freak of nature category <laughs> that doesn't apply to. <laughs> and that not that I don't have plenty of body fat, but I wanted to know like, okay, I want to know the truth of what is going on inside of my body. So I started getting into a bod pod, which like NFL teams and Olympic athletes, like it's a, you know, short of hydro, whatever kind where you go underwater, it's as accurate as you can get. And that was really helpful to me to just say, okay, this is, this is the weight that's on the scale, but like, I'm, I'm really strong. Like I am a strong woman at, at like mentally, but also physically. And to your point, like eating for energy 
and eating for mm-hmm. how I feel like digestive issues going away, like intuitively eating as opposed to like, oh, I have to eat air because I want to be skinny. Like that will just never be a part of my life because I need the energy to do the things that God has designed me to do. <laughs> and so yes. it's like, Amen. not that I don't, you know, sometimes look at a video clip or something and be like, oh, you know, I wish I wouldn't have had that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But really looking at like, this is, this is the vessel that I have in this lifetime to do the things that I was meant to do. How do I take care of that vessel through exercise, through my nutrition, through avoiding illness, et cetera, et cetera. So I, that's, I guess, one of the re- big reasons why I was really excited to look at your platform because these women have Cosmo on their coffee tables that I just want to be like, get the Cosmo, get the Victoria's Secret catalogs off of your coffee table. Like that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all come back yeah. home to reality. So yeah. to, to your point, that is so true. That's one of the things, you know, I really encourage women to just re- guard their heart too, because how you said you'll sometimes look at something and think, oh man, I wish I didn't, or, you know, and you have moments we all do. And that's a huge part of, I think social media plays a huge part of that because everything is so accessible right at our fingertips and we can just see images all day long if we want to. And so I, I really uh, talk a lot about guarding our hearts from those images and those false expectations that really God never designed us to fulfill. Right. Yeah. Like if, first of all, an Instagram model is like a thing as of the past three years. And that's not something that you're aspiring to be. And unless you are getting paid, like if you look at a supermodel or an actress, like they are getting paid to be a size zero. So just like I'm getting paid to help people with their business brands and their personal brands and their employer brands, I obsess over that every day and I do everything that I need to do to be the best at that as possible. If, it, if there's a model or an actress or whatever, they're doing everything all day long. Even if that means being in the gym three to four hours and eating air and all that kind of stuff, that's their job. So <laughs> like, right. let go. That is not your job. Yes. <laughs> it is sad yeah, that it's theirs, but I digress. <laughs> so um, what about, I know I have like I'm such an adventurous eater. I'm fortunate my mom is a chef. I was raised to eat well, healthy, and also well. But I know a lot of people, especially in the South, that are just super picky about what they eat. So it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't like vegetables. I'm like, what? What do you mean? How do you not like vegetables? What do you do for picky eaters if they were to be in your dashing dish program? Well, the great thing is, is I have a very close perspective at picky eaters because my husband when we got married I always say he he literally ate like a two-year-old he would eat about five things you know and I'm talking if you picture what a two-year-old would eat so like (laughs) macaroni a hot chicken nuggets nuggets. (laughs) yeah there you go pb and j that was him and I was like what did your mom do like what did she feed you all these years because how would you even live like this it really was an adventure to try to get him to, and I say that in a smile while smiling, to get him to, you know, expand his talent. But um, it is possible and it can be done. And so what I do is I test every single recipe on Dashy Dish through my husband. That's awesome. First, and then I also make sure that it passes the one-year-old test. And so um, Maddie obviously can't try every single thing on my website, but I do pass it through Sean, even if he just takes a bite. 
And sometimes I will admit he'll say, you know, that tastes great for being healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's his nice way of saying it'll pass. So he won't necessarily eat the entire casserole or what have you, but he'll always say that's a go or no. And so that's usually how I run it through. Now, the biggest thing is, is that I've learned that you have to be patient with picky eaters. I don't expect my husband to eat raw broccoli. Still to this day, and we've been married almost 10 years, I just don't expect it. But what I have done is is I've swapped out a lot of things that he once loved for better options. So that's a great place to start. You don't necessarily have to say, we're changing everything overnight, you know, or we're going to start eating raw vegetables. But just start making simple swaps where you can. Maybe take all of the, the foods that you really love. Look at the ingredients and find cleaner, better options. What I might mean by clean is, you know, look for ingredients that are real whole foods instead of all of the processed, weird ingredients that you can't pronounce. And maybe just make some swaps to start there and then start saying, how can we add some veggies in? And how can we replace our white pasta with maybe a lentil or a quinoa-based pasta so we get some fiber and some nutrition? You know, things like that. And I, I found that doing that over the years has really helped him to not only change his taste buds, but also helps him to recognize how the food that he once loved makes him feel. Because now when he eats, let's say, a pasta dish with lentil-based pasta, when we go out to eat and he has a big bowl of Alfredo, he's like, why do I feel like I want to go to bed? And I'm like, that's because it's just all white carbs. Yes, you're exhausted. That's why you feel that way. And yeah. Yes, and so he now recognizes the difference of how his body feels. And that's been the biggest determining factor is he's like, I don't want to feel that way anymore, you know? And so it it really does make a difference when you start to change the way that you eat based on the way that you feel. So I would say just start with the simple swaps and then go from there. And then eventually your taste buds and the way that you feel will start to change and you will win people over. It will take time. It will require patience, but it's possible. One thing that we do, and and maybe not so much anymore, but especially when the kids were younger, I would I created a family cookbook. So we would take a recipe off the internet or from a cookbook, and I would invariably change everything about it because I love like really heavy seasoning and, you know, fresh herbs Uh and things like that. And then we would vote, like, does this get an A, B, C, or D at the dinner table? And everybody would go around. They say, oh, this is an A. We got to do this again. And if it was an A, then it went in the family cookbook and with all my notes on it and everything to make it ours. And if it was anything less than an A, it didn't because there's a gajillion ways to cook healthy, great, yummy food. Not that it's 1000% always healthy, but in general, we do eat very healthy. And that way it gives everybody a voice. And and you know that when you make this, that everybody's bought into it. So anyways, little little idea there. I love that. I love that. That sounds like something fun to do when your kids are a little bit older too. Like right now, not so much, but I think that's something I'll definitely incorporate into our family and into our traditions in the future. I love that. Yeah. 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 At 18 months, I'm not sure that your baby will be that um, <laughs> expressive. <laughs> Let's hope not. 
The next struggle that I see, especially with our bombshells, our bold, brave, unwaveringly confident fempreneurs, we're busy. We're running businesses. We're on boards. We volunteer. We have soccer practice and ballet and some of us travel. I mean, it's just so hectic. So you're obviously really big on meal planning. Can you walk us through that process in a realistic way? Like I'm not spending my whole Sunday doing meal prep. Yes. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that because I feel like that is, there's this all or nothing mentality. And again, maybe it's social media. People post these beautiful glory fridges of everything in a container. And I'm like, <laughs> who does that? Yeah, and right. Time for that? Maybe if you had no kids or you thought to yourself, I don't want to have a weekend, you know, at maybe something like that could lend itself to a full day of meal prep. But I personally want to enjoy at least a day of my weekend. And so what I do is I do a simple five-step prep. And I talk about this on Dashing Dish. And I even just recently did a video that's coming out about it. So it's very simple prep that you can do really even with just a half hour in the beginning of your week or even on a Sunday night. So what I do is, is I break it down in steps one through five. And if I don't get anything else accomplished, I try and do the top two. So I don't necessarily even go through all the five. The top two are prep your produce and your protein. So what I like to do is I like to at least have an idea of something or a few dishes I'm going to make throughout the week. And I'll say to myself, okay, I'm going to, you know, buy all of these items to make these dishes. And then I'm going to just at least wash and dry a few items of produce. So, you know, I'm talking the heartier vegetables, things that can stand up against washing in advance, Mm -hmm. not things like berries, you know, because that's going to, they're going to go bad quick. But like I'll have some zucchini or some summer summer squash and I will wash those and dry them and then put them kind of in a bowl. And the great thing is any, almost any vegetable or produce that you wash or even cut or dry ahead of time, you put a little paper towel in the container and it keeps it fresh for about five days because it absorbs all that extra moisture. And so that keeps it from going soggy or going bad quicker. And you can even do this with lettuce. And I, I know sometimes people don't believe me, but I'm telling you it works. Yep. And so then at least you have a few different healthy options that are going to be able to thrown into a dish really quick, because let's face it, half the battle sometimes is getting things out, washing them off, drying them off, cutting them, you know, peeling them, all of that takes time. So that's step one. Step two is prep your protein. What I mean by this is, let's say you don't mind chicken that's already cooked through. You could do some crock pot shredded chicken. You could, and you can put that shredded chicken into almost anything. I have a recipe for that on Dash and Dish. You could roast up some chicken tenderloins. You could grind up and cook some, some lean ground beef or some turkey. And then add it to any recipe if you just do neutral seasonings as you go throughout the week. Or if you're the type that are that thinks, ew, you know, protein that's already cooked, well, then at least have, you know, your chicken, if you like to wash it off and then pat it dry or cut it up so that it's in bite-sized chunks and it cooks really quick. Just do something to get some protein that's ready to go and prep. Maybe form your burger patties ahead of time. And just that simple step, I know it doesn't sound like much, but it will really take a lot of time off your meal prep during the week. And then step three through five are really simple. And that's just have go-to breakfast 
have assembly line lunches made and have some snacks on hand. So what I mean by go-to breakfast is have a few ideas for breakfast. I don't make my breakfast meal prep. I just think, am I going to have a smoothie? Am I going to have some eggs? You know, just have a few things in your fridge that are staples that are go-to breakfast. For lunch, I like to make things in assembly line. So if I make a mason jar salad, I'll make five at once and keep them in my fridge. And then for the last thing, snack, I make baked goods. I'll just, you know, make a quick oatmeal protein bake, cut it up, put it in my fridge or freezer and pull one out for a snack, you know, midday. So really step three through five, as you can see, it's not something you have to have done, but those are bonuses. Yeah. So those are just really some, some quick steps you can take and it'll get you well on your way to meal prepping for the week. Love it. Love all of that. That's a lot of the things that I've put into practice myself and people are like, oh my gosh, Amber, how do you work so many hours? And, you know, especially when I was at corporate and you still cook dinner and it's not about slaving over any of this. I mean, even just the way that you said the assembly line lunches, like that's, that's pretty easy peasy. And, you know, if you're all of my super environmentally conscious people are going to inbox me over this, but you can get the prepackaged carrots, the prepackaged sliced apples. You can make, you know, a couple sandwiches at a time and put those all together. And then when you make a lunch, you're just grabbing out items out of your refrigerator, out of your crisper, out of wherever. When Derek was younger, I even had like a like a big Tupperware type thing where all of the different pieces to his lunches lived. And by Friday, they were all gone, you know, all the snacks, everything. And it was a quick, no stress grab and go thing. And it didn't take long to prep. Like while I was also cooking dinner, I could be, you know, putting all that stuff together at the beginning of the week. And then I was done. And then, you know, your family's healthy and you are healthy and you're not tempted to eat the junk that you're keeping for your family because it's quote convenient but I digress. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about the Dashing Dish program. Like the, if I was to become a member, I guess that's what you'd call me as a member. How, how would that work for me? So our membership was actually created probably about five years ago. And when I did it, when I created the membership, the whole mindset behind it was actually birthed from my childhood because my mom is such an incredible mom where she actually quit her full-time job and started a, a daycare in our basement because she wanted to work from home and be with us while we were um, growing up, but we could, she couldn't afford to just quit a job. So, I mean, that just goes to show like really how she just, she did anything to, to make it all work. And so when it comes to healthy eating and, and feeding our family, you know, that was the same thing. She was not going to take shortcuts, but at the same time, I saw her throughout my entire childhood where she would bring home, you know, 20 different grocery bags, put it all the way in the fridge. And then she would stand there at the fridge and say, now, what do I make for dinner? And so I realized that. I, and I think this could be part of my nursing personality, but I'm always thinking five steps ahead and I am always planning. Now that's just a part of who I am in my personality, but that is not the case for, I would say when I go speak, I ask this question, I would say 80% of women right. at, 
at least raise their hands and say, I don't think at all about meal planning or thinking ahead about food. Wow. And so I'm like, wow, you know, it's such an eye opener to see. And so to me, it's such a natural thing, but I realized that there is such a great need. And so I thought, how can I create tools that make it so simple that you don't even have to think you just take your iPhone or you take your, you know, your laptop or your iPad and you just drag and drop recipes into a meal planner and then it creates the grocery list for you. You go to the store and it literally, it separates it into the categories of the grocery store and you just click things off and you know exactly what you're having for the week because you print off your calendar or you have it on your phone. And so I just feel like, especially in today's world where everything is digitalized, you know, we tried to make everything as simple and technology savvy as possible. So that meal planning and meal prep is just a no brainer. So that's what you get when you when you are part of Dashing Dish membership. Another thing is we are coming out with an Android app and we are actually updating our entire website to be able to not only create our meal plan, a meal plan, but also to look and see, you know, Say you're using Instacart or one of these great new delivery services where it can literally drag and drop your entire grocery list into Instacart and then there you go. They deliver it for you. So you're not even making your grocery list on Instacart anymore. So we're really thinking ahead of where the world is going with groceries and delivery and all of that. And so we're adding that to our new Dashy Dish coming hopefully in spring of 2019. That's so exciting. Congratulations. That is amazing. That's that's a huge selling point for me because I, I do accept and anticipate a lot of help, um, especially in my personal life, because mm-hmm. you have to. Um, it's funny, I just got done interviewing Allie Brown and she is a big proponent of more than enough support, that you have to have more than enough support. And so mm-hmm. when I found out that Publix will literally walk my groceries into my kitchen and put them on my counters and I could be up at midnight ordering them if that was the convenient <laughs> time for me, like I was all in on that. That is one less thing that I have to commit to throughout my week to make life easier. And it's really not that much more money. And so now right. you're telling me that you're going to help me plan my meals. And then I'm just going to drag and drop that over into this other app. And then somebody's going to deliver all the groceries to me and all I have to do is cook it. Yep. I love yep. you. And it's so funny because <laughs> you, you know, you know, I get questions all the time from, from women. Okay. So are you going to come cook my food? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, I like cooking. So that's good for me. Like, well, <laughs> well and this, this is the thing too. And I've talked about it before. And we're not this at this particular season because of soccer and all kinds of stuff and a really difficult academic year. We're not as diligent about it. But we started Foodie Family Fun Night a couple years ago. Well, first we started with Movie Meatball Monday. So every Monday night, this was part of my vision board. I want to be very intentional about reserving one night for family because we were always like, there was always a nonprofit event or, you know, Tuesday night, wing night with our friends at the country club or, you know, there's always something, but we didn't have something really settled with our kids. And so we picked out a movie and we made a different kind 
a meatball recipe every Monday. Well, that gets old after a year. So the next year we decided to do foodie family fun night. And it was my mission to teach my son how to cook, not just how to cook, but how to use tools in the kitchen and safety and like cross-contamination, all the things that my mom taught me growing up because she was a chef. I wanted him to know so that he wouldn't be one of those families that just drove through not, and I'm not judging anyone, but like, you know, if you're driving through a fast food place every single night that your body is not performing at peak, that that's not what you really want. You really want good food. And I wanted him to be in control of that once he was on his own. So we made it a family thing and we made a big deal about like the creations Derek made. And I posted it to social media and I showed him all the comments and tried to encourage him to have a love for, for eating. And it's amazing how much just even the past couple of years, his palate has changed, his ideas of what he wants to try. He's a huge Asian food. I mean, Thai, Japanese, all kinds of different flavors, but because I involved him in the process. So my challenge to those listening is you do have Katie's system that is a possibility to plan your meals. And then hopefully you live in an area, which I live outside of Nashville. I live in Lebanon, Tennessee. If they're delivering here, I can only imagine they're delivering most places. And then if you involve your family, like let your kids, give them, give them jobs to do. Let them help like, you know, cut things or tear lettuce or whatever it is so that it's, Mm -hmm. it's also teaching them along the way and also giving you that time or if you have roommates, or if it's just you and your spouse, like that's really valuable time. Pour yourself a glass of wine and have a romantic cooking evening with your spouse. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. I love that. I actually share that a lot of times. I speak at moms. Um, so that's, you know, moms yeah. with three but it's moms really with all age children. And that's one of the things that I always emphasize is cook with your kids get them in the kitchen even if they're only old enough to stir something just have them be the quick stir you know give a quick stir and get them excited about cooking in in the kitchen and really from there you can help even allow them help build lunches and if they're really young have them put a few things in their bag and get excited about it And, and not only will that give them kind of a love for cooking and being in the kitchen but it will also teach them that you know what goes into a healthy meal yes and you can kind of discuss that and then you can also I I guarantee you they'll probably be less of a picky eater if they see that oh I prepared this I helped I helped build this meal you know and I put these carrots in a bag so now I want to eat them because it gives you a sense of empowerment And so I, I share that all the time with moms. And so I love that. Yeah. And also just the, the, the night where I can't remember who was dragging their feet getting to the table, but I could see that it was stressing Derek out because he's like, well, it needs to be like warm and this can't, this part can't melt. And like he was all like concerned. And I'm like, Oh, like all those times (laughs) that I'm like, Hey, can you stop your video game? Because like dinner is now like not five minutes from now. And, and he's like, yeah, okay. I get it. So he appreciates what it takes to, to, make a meal. And hopefully, I know a lot of my girlfriends just aren't confident in the kitchen because they were never raised in the kitchen. So they just don't believe they can cook. They just don't believe that they can learn later in life. And it's like, oh my gosh, cooking is not like, it's it's not some, like we've been doing this for centuries, people. Like, it's right. suddenly it's become this hard thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. 
And what a gift that you're giving to his future wife, I have to say. That is a gift for sure. Yeah. Well, she she can she can thank you thank me with um, lots of grandkid time if they choose to do that. That's right. That's so right. speaking of family, you, my dear, are you're running a business, you are a wife of ten years, you have a toddler. You've got a lot on your plate, like most bombshells do. How how do you grow your business? And I just also want to put out there, by the way, if this was a man that I was interviewing, I would ask a man this question too. So I'm not asking this simply because like women are supposed to be able to do it all. Like I know a lot of men who are entrepreneurs are running their business out of their home or maybe not even in their home. And they and they are entrepreneurs because they value family and and the time freedom that comes with it. So how do you approach that? Like day over day and even just like philosophically balancing family and growing a business and all that good stuff. You know, I get asked this question all the time. And I always say, you know, I haven't figured it out quite yet. And I don't know if you ever do, because just like you were sharing about how you you have different seasons, like you said something about baseball season. It's it's so true there. Right when you think you have it all figured out and everything's going smoothly, then something changes or the season, you know, change or whatnot. So I feel like we're always learning as, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs and moms, we're always learning. But one of the, the biggest things is, and it sounds like you do this too, is I really try to guard time with my family, but I also try to, you know, guard time that I have to work and everything else. So what I do is I try to really, I don't know if you would want to call it block scheduling, but I more or less just take times of my day where I say, okay, these next three hours are my work time and nothing can get in the way of that. Now, obviously that's within reason, but I try to really just be dedicated and diligent to not check social media, to not do anything that's time-sucking because there's so many time-suckers now. Um, and and really just focus in and hone in on just work. And then that allows me to have, you know, the rest of my day or the rest of my time to do other things. And so you really have to be self-disciplined and you have to have time where you you just block in and you guard times that you have to work and times that you have just with your family or just one-on-one with your spouse or your kids and don't let anything else come in. One of the ways that I really try and do this is with Maddie, my 18-month-old. I try to uh, make sure that I don't even have my phone on me. And if I do, maybe it's far away and it just is, you know, it's just on ringer if someone calls me and it's an emergency because I really try to just spend that time that I have devoted to her, just one-on-one looking at her and playing with her and interacting because it's so easy to get distracted and to start to allow other things to creep in and suck your time up. So that's really one of the best things that I've learned to do is kind of have a to-do list, break it down, and then block things off, block off time segments. Also get help where you need it. Just like you said, you know, we have a nanny that comes three days a week. We have someone who cleans our house once, once a month, a deep clean, you know, different things like that, where I've learned that I would rather pay someone for their time and take my time and use it in a more um, efficient or effective way 
than to do everything myself. And I used to never be that way. I would always try and do everything myself. And all that caused was a version of me that was very spread thin and very burnt out. So get help. Get help. And not fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I know there's people who are listening like, oh, well, I wish I could have a housekeeper. I wish I could have a nanny and and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, like, testify. Those of you who've read my book, you know where I came from and and the struggle and the journey. I am telling you that young, like, in my I was probably 22 when I had my first housekeeper. I had nannies because what I did, and I did this at a conference, and it wasn't even meant to be what I turned it into, but we had somebody, it might have been Mickey Williams, can't remember, but she said like, okay, divide your income because of sales, you know, divide your income by, you know, how many hours are in a day. And if your hourly rate is this, so should you be spending your time doing this thing, which is like an admin task, or should you be spending your time selling so you can maintain that hourly rate? So I realized very quickly and very young what I made per hour. And then I realized what I could pay somebody else per hour to clean my house or to, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, if I can spend more time selling, then I can be a better provider and ultimately a better parent to my kids. And so I hired a housekeeper that, that young. And I know there's a lot of you going like, oh, well, my husband would never, you know, be down for that. And maybe you're not in the position where your business is healthy enough yet to do that. But I, I just strongly encourage you to look at, how you're spending your time versus how much you could pay somebody else to do the things that you know you don't want to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and make it happen. Uh, make that aspirational. Yeah, and, and not only that, but, you know, there are people who can get things done because that's their passion. That is what they love to do. That's their business. Like my, my housekeepers, they are probably in their early 20s and they created their own uh, house cleaning business and they are incredible at it and that's their passion and it's what they what they do you know and so they are so efficient they can clean my entire house top to bottom so deep clean in about two and a half hours and that would take you all weekend yes yes it would take me all weekend and then not only that but I would be exhausted and I would be so spent I wouldn't even want to look at my family you know and I wouldn't want to look at my business and so what does that do that that frees up so much of my time and my energy that I can then put into the things that really matter to me. And so to me, it's a no brainer, you know, and I know that's not what this episode is about, but just a few other tips. Like we have a, a university in our community. And so if we need somebody to quickly like, you know, pick up branches or, you know, clean the outdoor furniture, cause we're about to host a nonprofit event or something like that. We just call up to the university and say, hey, we need four football players who are strong that can come do whatever. And and that could be high schools. Like kids are looking for all kinds of opportunities to earn money. And they will do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, way more efficiently and be delighted to do it for you. So we've yeah. had some some college students that are our go-tos that will just text and be like, hey, you guys want some beer money this weekend? Here's the job. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so all right. I always ask if there's parting advice that you want to share with our bombshells before we wrap up our episode. Really, it's probably going to speak to the heart of so much of what you share with um, your audience. And it's also something that I'm passionate about, which is to 
do everything from a place of just being real and sharing what what your heart is and what you're passionate about with the world and it will be successful in some way and even if you just uh, feel like you're reaching one person you know you may not feel like I have this huge platform or this huge influence I read something somewhere that said that in someone's lifetime you even like the most introverted person who never even feels like they get out of their house reaches and influences thousands of people in their lifetime. And so if you think about that and you just think about how can I use my passion to, to help minister to other people wherever they're at, you know, you may not even feel like it's really doing anything, but I guarantee you, if you're just authentic about it and you share your passion, uh, it'll change the world, even if it's just a small segment of the world. And so that's what I, I always encourage people is to start to think, how can I just use the, the passions and the gifts and the talents that God has given me to help other people? And, and it you'll be a success. I love it. I love, love, love that. And it has been such a delight getting to know you and getting to share all of your awesome with um, our bombshell audience. So thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Well, bombshells, I know you are going to be looking for links to um, hook up with Katie and her business and see how you can make life a lot easier for you week over week. So we'll put all of the things we talked about today in the show notes, which of course can always be found at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S, or you can download the Bombshell Business app on Android or iPhone. Just search the Bombshell Business app by Amber Hurdle, and then you'll have all the show notes and all the episodes right there in your hot little hands. We love that you're spending your valuable time with us so that you can become a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.